back to another episode of It's Okay to Feel. I'm your host, Craig. With me, as always, Steve. Uh, this week, we're going to go off uh, the same series that we've been doing, a little glimpses of the family to family. Um, Steve has a story that he wants to share that he shares within the class, and then we'll go into a bit of conversation about it afterwards. Yeah. And actually, to be completely uh, uh disclosing it's not really family to family it's the basics class and the basics class is a class that we teach to parents of kids who are under 18 uh, very much like family to family but the the curriculum is a little bit different and i've taught the basics class 20 times or so but i hadn't taught it for some time and i filled in for somebody last week and it kind of brought some memories and some recognition back to me about things that I thought about some time ago, but it's an important point, and it's a point I think worth worth making again, always worth making again. And so I'm going to start by reading one of the, the things that comes out in that class, that is the basics class, and it's called Welcome to Holland. I'm often asked to describe the experience of raising a child with a disability, to try to help people who have not shared that unique experience to understand it, to imagine how it would feel. And it's like this. When you're going to have a baby, it's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy. You buy a bunch of guidebooks and you make your wonderful plans the Colosseum, the Michelangelo, David, the gondolas in Venice. You may learn some handy phrases in Italian. It's all very exciting. And after months of eager anticipation, the day finally arrives. You pack your bags and off you go. Several hours later, the plane lands and the stewardess comes in and says, Welcome to Holland. Holland, you say? What do you mean, Holland? I signed up to go to Italy. I'm supposed to be in Italy. All my life I've dreamed of going to Italy. But there's been a change in the flight plan. They landed in Holland, and there you must stay. The important thing is they haven't taken you to a horrible place. It's not disgusting. It's not filthy. It's not full of pestilence, famine, or disease. It's just a different place. So you must go out and buy new guidebooks, and you must learn a whole new language, and you will meet a whole new group of people you never would have met. It's just a different place. It's a slower place than Italy. It's less flashy than Italy, but after you've been there for a while and you catch your breath, you look around, and you begin to notice that Holland has windmills. Holland has tulips. Holland even has Rembrandts. But everyone you know is busy coming and going from Italy, and they're all bragging about that wonderful time they had there. And for the rest of your life, you will say, yes, that's where I was supposed to go. That's what I had planned. And the plan of that will never, ever go away, because the loss of a dream is a very significant loss. But if you spend your life mourning the fact that you didn't get to Italy never be free to enjoy the very special 
and very lovely things about Holland. And I think it serves, I think for me at least, this serves as a reminder that when you have children, you, you anticipate great things. You know, they're going to be smart and good-looking and kind and all the things that we would always hope for from our children. And they're going to be accomplished. And at some point, you begin to realize that you may be dealing with a disability or a mental illness, and that's going to change the way things work and the way the interaction you have with your children. But it's no less valuable, just as Holland is no less valuable than Italy, your family member is no less valuable than he would or she would have been had they met all of the expectations you had to have a happy, healthy baby. And so I think it's always good to remind ourselves that there's still a lot to appreciate in the children that you have, even they, though they may not be the children you expected when you dreamed. Craig, do you have any comments or thoughts on that? Um, I feel like it's a powerful story, you know, and it comes from a, I feel like it's a good way to see mental, mental illness that most people don't see it, you know, take it out of the the stigma and just tell a story about going to a different country and it it definitely hits and relates to a way um, outside of talking just purely about mental illness, you know, and I think it's a fabulous way of, of trying to, you know, tell a story to explain the exact feelings of what you're going to go through through that experience. Um, but for me, you know, the it's the expectations that kind of hit home. And the best thing that I can relate it to is, you know, working in the hospital and working with um, the participants that I do on Peer Connector. The most common thing that I experience, you know, is the second that, you know, someone starts to recover or they get a couple days behind their crisis and they start feeling a little better, all of a sudden they have these expectations of themselves. And these expectations aren't little expectations like, oh, I'm going to wake up or I'm going to shower or, you know, I'm going to try to go on a walk today. These expectations are, okay, now I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to get the perfect job and, you know, my family's going to love me again. And, you know, and they come up with these, you know, almost hard to reach expectations for where they're at, you know, instead of taking a minute and, and sitting and really understanding where they are. Just like, you know, being in Holland, you know, they can, they can sit back and see the windmills and see the Rembrandts. They're still, you know, wondering why they're not in Italy and aiming for that goal. But inevitably, it's it's the wrong goal and it'll set them back. Um, you know, so, so re-looking and re-establishing those expectations from where you are, not just from an perspective of your child has a mental illness, but you know, being in the same position, you know, if you, you act more than you can achieve or you don't understand where you're at and be okay with it and settle with it, it's hard to improve or progress and it's easier to, you know, fall back into old ways. Uh, the, you, you have to be realistic about the expectations you set for yourself and that has nothing to do with, particularly with mental illness, that has to do with everything. You have to set goals that are reasonable 
and that can be accomplished in a reasonable period of time. Otherwise, you're going to just experience successive failures. And after a series of successive failures, it's easy to retreat back into your illness. Um, what is like being a parent, obviously, what is some of the expectations that you felt you had that you felt, you know, changed over time? Or were there any that were really hard to get rid of or accept? You know, it's interesting. I'd, I'd have to say that I think I was a little bit different as a parent. You know, I wanted my children to be kind and I wanted them to be happy. I was not driven for them to all go to Harvard, for instance. That Now, if, if one of them had wanted to go to Harvard, that would have been great. But I was not a parent that was going to sit down and beat into them that they had to set a goal of going to Harvard or that they had to have straight A's or any of those things. I wanted them to be kind and I wanted them to be happy. And if they wanted to get straight A's, you know, I, I would be completely supportive of that. But that's not a thought that I would have put into their heads. And that's just my view of my view of parenting. Um, right, but I mean, did did that get affected by you know Melissa's bipolar or dealing with John and his being a brother and his schizophrenia? Uh, that's a great question. In, in Melissa's case, w- with bipolar, she always succeeded mightily whenever she, you know, to write a paper. You know, a simple three rate. I'm sorry, a simple three page paper would end up being 81 pages long. Uh, the mania kind of would take over, and her grades were always impeccable. Um, her she struggled with her social skills. Uh, I think it was harder for my brother because my parent, my parents had expectations. I'm not sure they were unrealistic, but they had expectations of my brother doing something really fabulous. You may have heard me say before that he was going to be an astronaut. You know, my brother was the one that they could sit down with a coloring book and crayons, and he would color dutifully for as long as they wanted him to do that, and he'd always color in the lines. And I would be up and gone long before uh, I should have been, and uh, and I never colored in the lines. So uh, I kind of disabused my parents of any notion of having great expectations for me, even when I was a very young kid. But my, my parents did have expectations. In fact, the whole family had expectations for my brother. And it was painful when we began to see, as he turned 18, 19, or 20, that those those things we had dreamed about, like him being an astronaut, probably weren't going to happen. You know, he would he would start a project with great fanfare and usually not was not able to complete the project. But it was painful to see him struggle like that, painful to see him suffer, particularly once we came to know that he had a mental illness, in his case, schizoaffective disorder. So do you have like, you know, kind of like in the story when they start realizing what Holland has to offer, 
can you pinpoint like moments like that, you know, or share experiences where you realized, you know, Holland's different, but it's just as good? Well, it's hard for me to watch him struggle like I did. You know, he would often be sleeping in his car and often have three or four other people sleeping in his car with him. And um, didn't he didn't have a whole lot of times where he was really doing well, successfully well. You know, he delivered milk to people's homes. This goes back 30 years. Um, and as bright as he was... Um, It, it was painful to watch him go through those motions, doing things that were certainly not in our expectations at all. But having said all of that, you know, my brother and I would meet about twice a week for lunch. And, uh, uh, you know, it was always one of those all-you-can-eat salad bars somewhere. And uh, and we talked the whole time. And, and I... experience wasn't quite as poetic as the letter but I think we need to find those beautiful things about our loved one even though they they're struggling sometimes yeah definitely I mean the expectation turned out you know just to have lunch with him right yeah sit down and enjoy a salad and a conversation yeah yeah and that was enough yeah. you know of course you hope for more but yeah and I can tell for those of you that haven't ever been to Holland, I have been. And it's a fantastic place. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I mean, as a peer, you know, um, you know, the past five years, my expectations have continuously changed. You know, I, I try to always keep a goal in sight, something that I can reach. But I also... I also stay grounded in where I'm at today. You know, if I'm, you know, the first year, you know, I was happy to have a full-time job and be able to show up every day. You know, I worked at Lowe's. It wasn't anything impressive, but at that point in time, working a job wasn't the most important thing. Working, the most important thing right there was trying to get my feet on the ground and find some stability and connections with people and happiness, you know, and for someone that was you know, tending bars and managing bars and making a lot of money for the past 10 years previous, that was a hard pill to swallow. But I knew at the time that, you know, I had to take a step back and realize what was more important, you know, and keeping the expectations realistic to prolong my recovery and my happiness, you know. Uh, fast forward five years later, you know, now my expectations are graduating from saddlebacking getting into a UC, you know, which the expectations changed immensely, you know, but are there still that back of my mind thinking, okay, now my expectations to be CEO of a huge company, you know, because I always have that, you know, little voice in my head saying, I'm not doing enough or you should be better. But being able to stay grounded to where I'm at today, 
grateful in what I've accomplished, but also looking towards what I can still achieve, you know, and then keeping that expectation realistic of, you know, okay, I've graduated, I've done this far, now we're, what's the next step is very important for me. So the message there is be realistic with yourselves and uh, love your family members and find the strength and the beauty in each of them. Very much so. And this, uh, this story was written by Emily Pearl Kingsley. Um, so if you want to look it up, I'm sure you guys can find it somewhere. It was written in 1987. The mother of a son with Down syndrome while she was the writer of For Sesame Street. So, thank you, folks. We'll see you in a couple of weeks, or hear you in a couple of weeks. Yes, we will. Thank you all for listening. Um, as always, if you need any help or assistance, look go to our website, namioc.org. If you're looking to sign up for the basics class, you can do it on there, family to family or peer to peer. And uh, we'll hear from you guys next time. Bye.